Yeah. On this week's episode of the DW Podcast, we've got Chris Cadden all the way from the US of A. Thanks for joining us, mate. No problem, mate. Pleasure to do it. How are you getting on? All right. A bit bored, but I'm, I'm getting by. Mental situation, but as what it is. What is life like in America just now? It's all right. It's it's pretty. We've, we've just started back sort of individual training, so that's that's been good to sort of be able to do that. Um, but listen, it's been a nightmare. Just sort of, we, we started off and only put, we only managed to play two games, and then that was we've not played a game since. So it's it's been a nightmare. But as I say, it's, it's something you've got to deal with, and everybody everybody's dealing with it now. Totally, totally. And you're, you're quite settled over there. Are you feeling American? Are you missing home? Or what's what's it like? <laughs> nah, it's, it's like, like Columbus. I don't even really know what to expect out here. But um, since I've, I've been so impressed with it, it's such a nice place, and it's pretty central as well. And yeah, just the place and the people here have been great with me and the and the, the club as well, been unbelievable. So I'm I'm loving it and yeah, and just just gutted that I was well, my my mates, my family and everyone I meant to come over and, and sort of I was going to show them, but obviously I couldn't I can't do that now. Just see as much. Quite a new city, Columbus. Is it quite up and coming? Aye, so that's what everybody says. Like when it's, if you talk about Columbus to like Americans or people from Columbus, they say it's it's proper up and coming. It's um. It's getting busier and, and things like that and it, it's listen, I've, I've loved out here it's, it's it's quite chilled there's good places to go and eat and and that's that's the main thing for me and the weather's getting getting pretty nice now which is ideal it's quite a cold bit in america though isn't it right when i in the summer i'm sorry when i came here in january stepped off the plane jesus it was it was freezing it was a different type of cold you know what I mean? it was yeah. like proper ginty um, it was freezing, but now that it's starting to get warm, which is which is nice. That's good, good. Uh, but we'll come on to your, your Columbus career. Uh, I say career, you've only played a few games, but we'll come on to that uh, later on. We'll, we'll go back way at the start. I know that will be loads of Motherwell fans watching this as well, and uh, fans of other clubs that you've been at, maybe Albion Rovers, etc. So I tell us how you started playing football. I find it really interesting as well, because you've obviously got a, a twin brother that plays football, and there must have been a bit of competition in the house. Yeah, of course I was. It was not just my dad. Everybody sort of grew up. Me, you know, look up to your dad, and he was he always he played when he was when he was younger. He was at Murrow, sort of on the books. Didn't quite make it to first team, but and then he went to Albion Rovers. Then went to they went to Alba. So just sort of he just had me kicking the ball when I was young, and just and just loved it, and just son of I've just grew up with, and and son I've always done, and I'm just lucky enough to have to have made a made any a career. What age did you come into Motherwell at then? Were you 10 or well, 11, was it? Aye, so I was young, so I remember I was I was playing with Moss M Boys Club and my dad was doing a bit of coaching and um remember loving it, loving the boys, loving playing every week and we had a good team at the time as well, so I, I loved it. And then my dad was like, look, Motherwell were interested and there's a few other teams as well, but Motherwell were interested. I think it must have been about eight or nine. And I was like, and my dad's like, look, you're going to go for trials? But I was like, I'm enjoying my boys' club. You know, I mean, why would I want to do that? He says, my dad's like, not lean to go, Murrow, this is the next next step. And so went about eight or nine, end up signing like a, the sort of wee youth deals and and just sort of and went from there. And yeah, absolutely, absolutely loved it. And sort of, so about eight or nine, I since I was, I was there and sort of went all the way up. And what about your brother, Nicky? Was he similar? Was, was he start as young as yourself or was... Aye. So we signed the same day and all the way through the youth, so it was me and him mainly me on the right and him on the left so it was it was good for that and my dad did coaching with us as well because Chris McCart um, who was the head of youth at the time knew my dad and um, he said he 
because we, obviously my dad was dropping me Nicky off at training every day and picking us up, and Chris McCartney said to him, look, why, if you're going to come here, then why not do a bit of coaching and get your coaching badges and that? My dad's like, ideal. So my dad helped us. So my dad was, was there with us every step of the way and, and up until I think it was about under 14s and my dad stepped aside because it was getting a bit more a bit more serious, you know what I mean? And we could sort of run about the full time sort of uh, contract time when my dad sort of stepped aside. He didn't really want to be a part of that decision, do you know what I mean? Did you play for the school team as well? Or were you in the team with the ladies? Or? I played with the ladies, loved it. Played with my mates and that. And I played as many games as I could and... Don't muddle one too happy, but I was uh, I whenever whenever there was a school game or or a, a good Scottish a, a school Scottish games, and I played for the Scottish schools as well. And I just whenever, whenever I could, whenever somebody offered my game of football, I'd, I'd be there. And then it was getting at that stage, I suppose, when you were under twenties and you were breaking into the first team, and then you went on loan to Albion Rovers. So is that more yeah. a case of just getting yourself some more game time and playing real football rather than twenties and reserves? Ah, exactly. So I'd, I'd I'd made my debut. But I was—I think I've made three appearances that season, but they were sort of like five minutes here and there, and to the, and I was about eighteen, I think, maybe no, I think it was seventeen, eighteen, and I was—I remember just sort of the gaffer speaking to me. I think it was Ian Barakoff speaking to me and saying, hey, "Listen, you need need more game time, you need some sort of first team minutes under your belt," and I completely agreed. And and Aberdeen Rovers were there, and it was down in League Two, and I didn't have a clue what to expect, and um, went there. And uh, I loved every minute, man. We were we were uh, we were winning every week pretty much. So we were we were going for the we were going for the title, the, the championship, and uh, it was it was great. And it was proper men's football down there. Do you know what I mean? So I was a young boy, and I went in, and I remember playing my first game and just getting booted up and down the place, man. And it just did not really just made it. It was men's football, and I, I just loved it. And sort of. Leading up to that game, and and listen, there wasn't many fans, but fans been there, and and I real something on the line at the end of the at the end of the ninety minutes. I just I loved it, and so obviously once I came back, it was I didn't I didn't want to go back to twice football. That was me. I got my taste of first team football, and I wanted to want to kick on. Was it makes that wee bit hungrier as well, doesn't it? Once you've you've experienced real football, you think oh, come, we've got to play with the kids again, or yeah. I know exactly, and then as well with playing in League Two, you're going. Like Derry, like, it's it's a tough place down there. Do you know what I mean? Like the the, the places you need to go and that, and it's it's a it's a real tough tough environment down there. Would I be right in saying that you scored in the the game that won the league for Albion? Aye, so we were ah, Jesus, we were down to it feels like years ago. We were down to and I like Clyde, and it was like we we brought a good amount of fans for for Rovers, obviously, and we were it was like party time. We were going win this game, and that's us, and then. Um, did you say it was Clyde? Clyde's were playing? Clyde's. Like a local derby almost as well. Right, Clyde as well. So it was a good game. It was a big game and it'd be great to win it there. So then we're 2-0 down. And I remember one of the Clyde players scoring the second and got up to our fans and, and saying, no, is that what you're saying? And then the ball, I think the ball, if there was a free kick and I was at the edge of the box. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not anywhere near the box for headers. And um, Boggy played in and it just, came to the edge of me and I just scuffed this volley and it just trickled into the bottom corner <laughs> and then we end up so then it was 2-1 at half time then we end up big John Gemmell scored this is to make it two each and then uh, Fisher scored this sort of cross in the top corner and then wow what a day man it was brilliant I loved it my family were there and that and 
end up lifting the obviously scoring that day and then we end up lifting the lifting the title and then going out that night it was just mental man <laughs> where were the celebrations you didn't go up the main street in Coat Bridge did you <laughs> <laughs> we went straight away from Coat Bridge what did we do we, so basically because we can't well we, we kind of knew if we won the day we'd have, we'd have won it so we're in the changing room the, the beers and that set out did that and then so it was like so this is like I was young at the time do you know what I mean um, so it's but men there in there and they're good drinkers, so they're away into the town. And where did we go? I think we went to Light. No, <laughs> went to District. Sorry, that's where we went. Went to Metropolitan and then District, and just out with the boys. And the gaffer was there as well. So it was Darren Young. He was a gaffer. So he was. He, Why was that Aberdeen? Derek yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he's young, and he was out with the boys, and it was just that unbelievable nightmare. And the boys together, and that was it. Was brilliant. Loved it. I suppose it shows how much it means to a couple that as well, because yeah, it's easy enough for, for me to say what the bigger team in Lanarkshire, but I think you, you look at uh, Albion Rovers and they're just a wee club, but see for the fans that are there, regardless if it's 200 or 2,000, you know, they mean so much to them, wouldn't it? I, no, I mean, it, I loved it, and, and um, the next home game when we'd, we'd won the league and people came out and it was a sunny day, I remember, and it was, no, it was brilliant, and they, they absolutely loved it, and, and you can see how much it meant to them as well, so it was, it was great to do that. Was there a celebration the next day then? In the town, or was there no? No, there wasn't. Any, no, there wasn't any like that. No, no. But it was just the Saturday night. I think, I think some of them maybe continue to the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and then you came, you came back to Motherwell, and you were almost straight into the team. Would that be fair to say? Aye. So what happened was um, Ian Barakoff was was still the gaffer, and um, it was coming to the end of end of this summer transfer window. And had had the Rovers gaffer and uh, uh, skipper on the phone to me every week. Going, Kaji coming back, he coming back. And I was getting left out of squads, I was on benches, and they're texting me going, Kaz, Kaz, we need you back. Like, you can, you can get another six months out here, things like that. But I remember. Who was the just, captain? Who was the captain at Albion oh, Rovers? Um, Dunlop, big Dunlop. He was, um, so he was there, and he was texting me, and he was great with me, to be fair. He was great when I was there, and, um, and he was texting me. But I remember staying strong, just going, Look, I want to play Mullows first team. That has been my goal since I was a. I was nine, do you know what I mean? To play my first, and that's what I wanted to do. So, so it was the end of the end of the the, the, the transfer window, and Ian Barakoff phoned me and says, "Look, Albion Rovers be on the phone. I want you to go there again." I remember saying, "Gaff, I don't want to go. Like, I want to play in your first team. That's what I want to do." And he says, "And he says, nah, I think you should go and loan. I think you should get more minutes." He says, "You you won't play here. The now anyway." And then we're going, "Nah, I, I want to try and fight for my place, Gaff." I'm, I'm going to stay and he says right okay and, and that was that and like I just sort of left it at that so he was sort of wanting, wanting me to go as well like, he, was, he know he was trying to help me with my career yeah. and to get me more minutes and that and he's seen how much I improved when I was out there but I was so convinced that I could play in the first team that I just I stayed and then and was that then, a bit awkward then when, when you went back and seen him and you thought a oh, key's not really got me in his plans and you're trying to prove him wrong I suppose or? I know it, it was alright but I just I just got my head down and worked hard and and, and that's all I could really do and it's just I had that sort of belief that I, I could go and do it and and it was um, yeah he ended up getting sacked unfortunately and it was uh, and Mark McGee came in and yeah and he, he gave him a chance What did you what did you think about a cough when he was there? What was your I, I, it was good it was good it was, it was a good coaching stuff and it was um, him and uh, Stevie Robson were, were good together as well and just just unfortunate really um, it's always going it was a he was a hero in Mullow's eyes for doing the, for <laughs> the playoffs, yeah. playoffs, you know what I mean? And that's son, he had a job that year and to keep him up, and that's what he done. So that was that was a uh, so always be remembered for that. 
basically. And then the next season, then Mark McGee came in, and that was that was your big chance. But I'd tell me this, Cad, because in between that, I don't know if it was when Barakoff was still there or when it was McGee came in, but he, he's won the Youth Cup as well, and it was almost like you'd broke into the first team, but you went back and played with the boys for the final. And the aye, aye. So I'd made. I think I made my first start. When was it? I can't. Can't remember when it was. I, I was about sort of late late in the year, and I remember it was Hearts. We were playing Hearts away. And I thought I had a chance of playing and I didn't play and like there's all injuries and I remember thinking I've got a chance and I didn't play and, and I think the team got got battered. So it was it was at St John's, it was at sorry, at Ross County at home. And then um, we were training on the Friday and he called out like ten players and I was in the ten players and then I remember and I remember looking about going, Lasley was there, Hamill was there, McManus and going, Oh, this is a good group to be in. And then he went Boys, this is a this is a starting team tomorrow. And I went right here we go. This is that. So went and done that. Played at Ross County and then uh, played. Sorry, it was at home in Ross County and I loved it, man. It was brilliant. I think I played well that day and just to sort of have your first start at Mother, it was just it was just a it was my dream sort of growing up to do that and to be able to do it. And I remember just after it, I think it took me off. It was seventy minutes and I remember. I remember there was a big groan for the fans and then like because my number got took. Uh, Put up, and then I remember walking off and clapping the fans, and there was a stand of it, like every the full place was up clapping. Me, just a young boy, sort of making his first start. And buzzing, you know, absolutely buzzing. You know how good the Marlow fans are with people like that. People come through the youth, they love it. And um, I remember just sitting down, going, "Wow, this is that was unbelievable. I can't wait to do that again." And and it was, um, it was. I knew I sort of played the rest of the year, which was good. So when when was the youth cup final? Then was that? Yeah, um, I, the Youth Cup was, I so what happened was I played the quarter, I think I played the, when was it, I think I played the quarter finals, so I played all the way up to the quarter finals, and then there was the semi-finals, I remember I wanted to play in the semi, but I was playing with the first team, right. so the gaffer said no, he says I wasn't allowed to play because I was playing on Saturday, so I remember being gutted, and I think it was, was it way to Ross County they played, so they ended up winning, and I remember going, I need to play in the final, I need to play in the final, so then, I remember going to Mark McGee and going, Gaffer, like, can I play in the final? Like, is that all right? He says, I'll think about it. And he came, and he, and he came back to me and he ended up saying, he ended up saying, aye, you can play, that's all right. And I remember got, being buzzing for it, man. It was just my sort of first experience at Hamden. And aye, what a group of boys that was as well. We Dom, things like that. Robbie Leach, Chuck, oh, Dil, Dil, Dylan Martin and that. Ben Hall, oh, it was a great group of boys, man. And it was, it was unbelievable. And to win, it was... Was, was great, man. I remember going in that night and there was there was a good mother crowd actually. It was Hearts you played, wasn't it? And the, aye. Aye. And ah, the goals, some of the goals were absolutely brilliant. Aye. Look, we were all bleached cut and put the bomb um, far corner, big dills. Oh, it was, it was, um, I scored that. Well, I didn't score. I went to cross and half a, half a, and I claimed it, but ran away nicely. But no, it was, it was an unbelievable day and, um, all my family were there and it was it was great for all of them as well and the Mullow crowd there was was brilliant. It was sort of my my first days at Hamden they say and it was oh it was brilliant. Did you captain that team? I, I captained the yeah. team so <laughs> I felt a bit bad going going into the back into the team and taking the captaincy, but Craig's obviously spoke to me and, and wanted me to be captain. I was I was I was uh, I was never gonna turn that down. That's funny. Did you get any stick for, for Dom and, and the other boys for coming back in and I think you were big yeah. time to take the captain. Nah, nah, they, nah, they were happy. It was such a, uh, a tight-knit group, do you know what I mean? Like they, we were so close and 
like all the boys sort of coming up throughout the 20s, like the, the boys were brilliant and the, the, the people you meet and the, the friends you meet were like, they truly are the best days of your life and coming in every day and sort of doing everything together and trying to make the first team together is, is great. And so, no, they were, they were not like that. They were, they were, they were happy for me to come back. There's loads of stories you hear about that away dressing room at Fair Park when the under-20s were, were coming up and uh, obviously you were next door to the, the first team, but which, which your highlights? There must be some fine stories that you've got for that. Well, it's, it's carnage, man. So, I'm trying, there's tons of stories. Like, you used to, used to worry about what clothes you were wearing them because you get, like, why the boys wore this hat in? It was terrible. So he came in and he, he got the skip cut off it. So he just put, like, the oh, no. hat, do you know what I mean? And he was raging. And like used to get your clothes cut, your your wee nipple holes cut in your t-shirt, and you every day people's clothes would go missing up in the gantry, up in the south stand. And I remember I got my first car, and it was a wee Corsa buzzing, so I didn't need to walk to training anymore. So I got my car buzzing, drove in, parked up, went to train, came back in, had my shower, went to jump out the car park, cars away. I'm like, ah, nah, no chance. So I'm running about, I'm literally running about Motherwell trying to find my car. Running about down the upper crust, running about up to now top, running about the Greggs, <laughs> trying to find my car. And I'm thinking, where on earth could they have put it? So for some, and I was running about, and then I was up at the Rex Cafe, and then I ran down and see the doctors behind the, that car. <laughs> it was sitting parked there. I was trying to find my motor. But that's, I mean, it's better than that. Who was the culprit? Who, who was it that finished it? It was, it was Ian Vigers. I know that for a fact. And somebody who was injured for the 20s, and I, I, nobody ever owned up to it. <laughs> That's all it, was, it was an unbelievable dressing room. And then when you were back up in the first team, we'll skip forward a wee bit, because you you established yourself for the next season, and that was was that the season where we finished second in the league? Up at uh, Aberdeen in the last day of the season? Oh, that was the that was my first year then. Aye. And that was my first year, so that was like the like my so I was I didn't really play that year, so I was like that was when I was coming off the bench. But I then up at Aberdeen was oh it was amazing, what a day. Um so I didn't come on that day, but it was uh aye, it was brilliant, loved it, loved it, and then obviously the, the goal at the end and the, still to this day the best bus journey in my life, man. It was brilliant. Um yeah, it was just a great day for for everybody involved. There was a lot of experienced pros, I suppose. You'd like say Lasley, Hamill, McManus, McFadden. Was that a big influence in you coming through? Did that give you a bit of confidence? Did you ask them for advice and the like? Aye, because to be fair, all the all the, the pros you had at that time, the sort of older pros you had. So looking back at your time, the, the people you had there were unbelievable. So you've got well, you had Hammy, Laz, Mick, Piro, Faddy came in, Scott McDonald, David Clarkson, people that have all done it. Do you know what I mean? Had a great career and. And people you just sort of try to learn off of all the time, and they were they were unbe- they were brilliant with me, and, and Laz was was great with me as well, and also as his assistant, Hammy was was great, and everybody. But Faddy was probably I Faddy was up with the main one that sort of had the the biggest influence in my career. He was yeah, he took it. I don't know, he took a real shine to me, and maybe took me under his wing a wee bit, and he'd me up. Up the astro behind for part doing shooting with the left foot, right foot, helping me cross things like that. And Faddy was 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 brilliant. I mean, he's yeah, he's he's, he's, had, he's had a real impact on my career. How does that come about then? Would, would you say to him, listen, do you want to do some extra training, or would he say, right, cards after after we're finished, we're going up the astro? And... I, I don't know. Like Faddy always, I just took a bit of shite to me. I think, and I don't know. He, he just he liked me. And, it was maybe him driving and me driving as well. So 
after training, I've got that to fad the right can do a wee bit, but I no worries, and then maybe I didn't fancy it. I bought right cads, mum will do a bit, but right, so no worries. And he's honestly like, I still I'm skipping forward a wee bit when I have big decisions in my career, like the move away from Motherwell, things like that. I phone him, ask him his opinion, ask him what he thinks, and he's yeah, he's he's the real real influence in my career. Does he ever talk often about his, his goal at France or any of his other highlights? Is he nah, he never he never, he never really used to speak about it that much. But I remember um, I remember him telling me about a goal for Everton. And it came up my Twitter the other day, and I remember YouTube... One against Figuera? Is it, uh, it's one he flicked over the guy's aye, head. Figuera's head, aye. Yeah. I remember asking him, what's your best goal? France is your best goal, isn't it? He goes, nah. He says, the, that one. I remember, I remember YouTube and going, Jesus, what a goal. <laughs> um, but aye, he never really used to... He never, he's never really... It was never really like that, so uh, you probably had to ask him more. But I mean, what a guy! Up there, one of the best guys you'll ever meet in football. And and see when he came back as well and training, you could still see you could see why he played at the top level. He was so sharp and, and so good. It's quite refreshing, and I think often you'd think you know these players have played at the highest level. I mean, McFadden's obviously not like this, but you think that some of them might think they're too good for the younger boys. And oh no, Faddy was brilliant with younger boys, so he would. He would, like, as well, Junior, he's telling you things, it's faddy, do you know what I mean? So you're listening, because he's, he's when and he's done it. And I remember when I, where I was, when you scored the goal against France, and it's, ah, it's, it's wise, boys, when, he, when he's speaking, you've, you've got to listen. Mm-hmm. When do you feel that you broke into the Motherwell team then? Was there a time where you thought, you know, that's it, I'm a first-time first time regular now? Is there a... It probably took me a bit longer than I thought, because I always thought I was I was fighting for my place a wee bit. But when when I look back, like, so I started. I think I played my first start around about the January, and I think I played all the way through. And then I came back that year, and it was obviously a big year, and I, I started, and I played pretty much the full time. But I was always always felt as if I need to keep going, need to keep trying. It's probably after my first season. Maybe I thought, yeah, my proper. Maybe when I got the number seven jersey, I think that was probably when I thought I'd am a that's yeah. be official first team player and sort of and sort of kick on for there. Good. And then I suppose throughout your career at Motherwell, you've had some real highlights. You played in both cup finals. Unfortunately, we didn't get there. But how was how was that for somebody that's came for their main experience being at Hamden mm-hmm. uh, in the youth cup final where your your pals that you've played with grown up to playing against Celtic in two of the cup finals? I know it was like. To this day, probably the best feeling after a game was the Rangers semi-final. That was, yeah, that was, that was an unbelievable day. And, and when Moti put in that second, it was still the best goal, best feeling after a goal I've ever had. And I it was to play in the two cup finals. It was, I just remember that, I remember the Scott, the Betfred cup finals were a bit of a bluff on me. Like I didn't really take it in as much. So I was, when I went in the Scottish cup final, I remember consciously saying to myself, I remember saying, like, let's take this all in, let's let's enjoy it, do you know what I mean? Because you don't know when you're going to get here again. And I remember the build-up and things like that for the for the game just being, it's just been great and the full town was buzzing and in that sort of, that sort of day, it was, oh, it was just, I've never wanted someone so much to win that game, do you know what I mean? Just for, for me, my family, for the team, for Motherwell, just for the, the place, I've never wanted someone so much and, so to not do it was Celtic were a good team, weren't they? They were. They've not done what they've done for no reason. So, but I, I just remember wanting it so much and being so gutty when it when it finished. You mentioned that uh, cup semi final against Rangers. There, obviously, Moult scored the two goals. What's it like getting into a game like that? Because obviously, 
Rangers are at that stage in their comeback, I suppose you could say, where they're starting to look a bit better. You know, the stadium was three quarters full Rangers fans, and you you seem to have that belief. I I saw it. Excuse me. It was like my sort of first national semi-final or national like Hamden sort of and sort of being there. Like I know I've been at youth cup final, but it was a different experience with the first team. And like, first of all, when people complain about Hamden, I enjoyed it. I think the atmosphere is good. Seeing it's full, I think it's good. And I, I really enjoyed playing there. But it's obviously the first, that game, it was, we had a style of play that season and it worked and we were playing well. And when you've got multi up front, it just all you need is one chance. We knew that. We knew we had more up front. I mean, the guys, the guys are finisher. So we knew that if we had a couple chances, he was going to take them. And because even call his second goal a chance, you know what I mean? He's, and he's finished it. It was so we knew we we sort of in that team as well. And we were well drilled. The gaffer, Stephen Robinson, time had us so well drilled. And it was yeah, we just sort of knew if we got that chance and the players were up the top end of the park, we could we could beat them. What about the, the Aberdeen semi-final? That was another cracker as well, wasn't it? It was totally overran them 3-0. And... Yeah, I, I remember really giving them, a, giving them down that day and it was, aye, that was, that was an unbelievable day as well. And I, it was just, it was, I was pretty more, I was a bit more calm going into that one and sort of a bit more like, I was more, we were, it feels like we were more in control of the game. Like we had, Probably say the full ninety minutes we 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 deserved it and we were the better team by far, but um, yeah, it was the Aberdeen semi final was 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 amazing and and to have that sort of Scottish Cup final in, in the distance and sort of be able to play to know that's coming up was was a great feeling. Talk us through what it's like then in the week building up to a cup final as a as a Motherwell player. What's going through your head? Obviously, both times as I say, you were playing against the champions, treble well, double treble winners at that point or so and. Is, is, there a, is there a lack of belief of people believing in themselves or do you, do you go through mixed emotions? How is it? Well, for me, personally, the, the final, the Betfred Cup final helped me a lot. So it helped me manage the sort of situation. But for me, the Scottish Cup finals, the bigger one of the two. So, but I just, I don't, I don't know about you, but I remember walking about Motherwell and the place just been buzzing just for this one day and like you're know, walking about and people are going, oh, the best of the weekend and all that. And, can't wait, people text me for tickets. I think so. We had four tickets per person and could buy the rest. And I think it cost me money to play in the final because <laughs> we had the win bonus. And I bought so many tickets, I had so many people there. And it was just everybody, there was a real anticipation. I, I, I felt as if we had a bit of quiet confidence going into it, sort of nothing to lose. And it didn't happen at the end of the day, but it was. It was, it was just, I, I just remember the build-up. I remember taking it all in. I remember sort of looking, finding my family and things in the crowd. And I remember sort of taking it all in a lot more and, and enjoying it a lot more. Just also gutted not to have took that, that one step further. I just, I don't know, it had just been unbelievable if we took that one step further. What did Stephen Robinson say to you before a game like that? Because there's obviously a lot of people out there. And that, I agree, I think he comes across like a fantastic manager. Seems, you know, really one-to-one personal with the players. But what mm. does he say to you when you're going into a game like that? See, he... he it's one thing with Stephen Robinson, he can he can make you believe. Do you know what I mean? He can sort of instill that belief in a team, and that's what he done. He just, I think he just sort of said, "Look, we've got nothing to lose here. We're going against the champions. They're going for treble, treble. Like we've got nothing to lose. So just go out and enjoy yourself, and, and just just try and make it a day to remember. That's all you need to do, and and that's what he done. And that, and that's one thing um, uh, Stephen Robinson done was like he can instill that sort of belief in you. And, 
and because we were so well drilled as well, we, we had a chance and and it just obviously they, they just they were the better team on the day and the team they had, if you look at it, it was it's a good team and it's, we were always going to be up against it. Was there a story about them showing a, a video the day before or in the in the run up to it, like an inspirational video or something? Or I, he did that a few times, so he showed that um inspiration video and then he, he showed us like all the all the goals leading up to the leading up to it and that and and like a bit of music in the background and inspirational stuff and I think, it, I think the meeting before it was it that meeting was that the best record final and it was um, I'm sure it was that and that was all I done I just put that that video on and then soon as it finished they went right boys on you go we left the hotel and it was do you know what I mean it might have been before the Rangers game I think I can't remember but it was one time I remember hey, that's the sort of he had that sort of hanging off fired right up for it hey, do you know what I mean he, he knew he didn't need to say anything and uh, looking back in your Marlborough career, I suppose you played about over 100 games, 115 games or so, maybe more. Yeah, so uh, it's a dream come true for me. It was since sort of eight, eight year old, and I thought I'd have My goal was to play one, to come on the fourth part and play one game, and to do it so many times, it's just, it's, it's a special. It's something I'll never take for granted, and something I'll, I'm so proud of. And all the hard work sort of paid off to be able to do that, and I loved it and loved my time there. and and just playing for your local, your hometown club, whoever gets the experience. I know many people don't, but it's something that I absolutely loved and, and cherish forever. I suppose when you were leaving, there's obviously been a, a lot of whispers and murmurs around that, but speaking to you before we set this up, I know you kind of wanted to set the record straight in what your opinion that was. I know that, you know, obviously Oxford were interested in you, so were Columbus crew. What, what actually happened from your point of view then? So, right, I'm trying to make you remember all the stories. This is quite a long story. So, Oh, so there's been stuff in the press and that, and when you say stuff in the press and it comes out in the paper, he, it doesn't really come off of how you wanted to say it or whatever. So what happened was I was playing, so I was coming to the end of my contract in Mullow, and I end up, so I was in November, playing Rangers away in November, 11th of November, I remember the day, and I'd done my knee, and then so I go down to a specialist, catch it for five months. Jesus, like never experienced this for my life. Only had really hamstring strains about a couple of weeks here and there. So I'm like, right, five months off football. I'm, I'm in a leg brace for a month. I literally can't bend my leg for a month, my left leg. So I remember my contract was up a model. So I remember saying, right, I need to get back on the pitch and, and just get back playing for model. That's my main target. So I do that. I do do my rehab well. David Henderson, the physical model. And, and the gaffer as well were unbelievable and everybody at Motherwell were great with me, sort of helped me through my injury. So then I come back and I, I, I start playing again and sort of maybe get about three, four starts, I think, towards the end of it. And then, so I remember sort of, my contract was up, so I remember speaking to my agent and I think if you were looking at me personally, if you were a fan looking on or if you'd watched my career and sort of followed my career, you kind of knew I needed a change. You needed, I needed a change of senior, I needed, I needed a new challenge. So I said that to me and said, look, I think I need to progress my career and try and go somewhere else. And because I was comfortable with Motherwell and I was living at home, a mile away from the stadium, surrounded by my friends' family. I just I think I needed a change and just sort of to go and to go and try and progress myself as a player and a person, sort of um at a different stage. So I said to my agent and he phoned me and he says, Look, I've got an, an MLS team interested for in you, uh, Columbus crew. So I said, right. So I type in Columbus, where Columbus is in Google. <laughs> so I'm like, right, Ohio. So, so I do my homework. I do my homework on the club. I do my homework on the MLS. 
do more muck and everything, they sort of have a right good look at it. And then, so the guy, there's a Scot, so the chief of scout out here is Scottish. Right. And um, aye, so he's Scottish, so he phoned me. Is he me. a former football player or is he? Oh, so he used to work at Celtic and things. Right. So I don't know if, if, that how I, if that's how I came on his radar. I, I don't know how Columbus crew, how I've gotten their radar or whatever. So, um, so I remember he phoned me, I remember speaking to him, and he's going, look, Cad's like, Columbus now, we've got a new stadium coming. He sent me pictures of the stadium, and if you go and Google, he search it, this stadium is next level stuff. We've got a new training ground coming. We've just been bought out, bought over by owners. They're going to pump money in the club. We're about to buy a, a number 10 for 8 million. We're, we're getting another guy in. We're getting this team in for next year. And I remember thinking, wow. And I remember coming off the phone. So he phoned me when I was at Starbucks, my mum and my brother. I remember going out, phoning him, coming off it. And after speaking to him and sort of listening to it, I was like, mum, this is what I want to do. I said, mum, my brother, this is, this is where I want to go. This is the new, the new challenge I need in my career. So I remember having my mind made up. And then Oxford phoned and Carl Robinson phoned and he was great as well. And he was speaking to me. He spoke oh, Oxford great. And I was sort of, I had this sort of choice between the two. And I remember going, listen, I want to choose Columbus. So I um, so then I say to my agent, look, I say to Carl, for Carl Robinson, a lot of fans say MLS. And then I say to my agent, look, I want to go to Columbus crew. He says, right, no problem. I'll speak to them. So my agent phones Columbus and says, look, compensation's due for Chris. In comments like that, no problem. And then Major said, right, that's it, left between the two clubs. We just need to sit and wait. So it took away ages, took maybe a week, a week and a half. I'm on holiday, sort of waiting by my phone. And then Major phones me and he says, right, so Columbus have contacted um, FIFA about, because it's different, conversation are different from the size of the club and where you are in the, in, in the and just sort of FIFA rankings. It's almost like FIFA category A, category B, category C clubs, don't they? That's the thing. So it, it depends on what category you're in. So FIFA come back to Columbus or whatever and say, look, MLS teams don't need to pay compensation. So my agent's like that. So she phoned me and says, look, Cads, Columbus don't need to pay in for you. And I'm going, right, okay. But like, I'm not going to turn it down now. I'm not going to go, listen, this is... I'm not about to take this. I don't want to go here. I've I've already made up my mind. This is where I want to go. I've I've proper made up my decision. I'm not going to turn back on it because of that. I've just I walked after I'm walking after myself. I maybe I, but that's what I've done. And and then so it wasn't Columbus's fault. It wasn't Mother's fault. It wasn't my fault. And so then end up end up going there. And that's that's just how it happened. And then the reason I ended up going to Oxford loan was so. I remember deciding, so after all that, Columbus says, right, well, we just, my agent says, right, we just need to sort out salary and things like that, just sort of contract stuff. So it's great. So waiting every while for that, and that took about another week, week and a half and two weeks. And then Columbus, so I remember the boy for Columbus phoning me again and saying, look, we, we only have eight international spots out here for the full squad, and we've already got eight. And I remember thinking, so what you tie? I says, are you just sign me here. I'm, I'm just about to sign. I hadn't signed yet. I'm just, I'm right. just about to sign. Like, what was your plan? I said, so we're trying to trade a player away. Uh, we need, we'll try, we'll try to trade him by the end of the week. And I says, right, okay. So I'm, uh, if they don't trade him, then that's, I think that's that'll be it. Like, I'm not going to go. So then they end up not trading him. So I'm going like right, that's it. That's, I can't go there anymore. I'll just need to come back to square one. 
So when they phone me again, they say, oh, kids, we've not been able to trade the player. We can't bring you out the now. But, so their, their season's March to October, so they were already halfway through their season. And they say, um, oh, kids, but we want you out for next year, for the start of next year pre-season. So would you consider signing the now and then going on loan for six months? And I remember, I remember thinking about it and going, I've just came back for injury. I probably need games under my belt. Coming back, try to break my, my way into Columbus's um, team, then stop him in October, having another break, and then going back in January. So going out and loan and playing that six months was probably the best thing for my career. So then it was sort of a simple process, made and so um, they phoned me and said, look, Chris, can we get Chris on loan? They phoned Oxford, you interested in him? Yeah. So then... Um, so when I went there alone for for six months, and, and looking back, it was probably one of the best best decisions I made. Cause I absolutely loved my time there. And I played well, and and Columbus see me as a right back, and so did Oxford as well. So I sort of played right back for the full six months, and I, I learned a lot there. And I absolutely loved I loved my time down there. And the place place was brilliant. The city, but the people there as well, and I was just a great club and loved every minute of there. And then I came out here in, in January. I suppose for, for Motherwell fans that are watching, I think there was almost that sceptical scepticism there that, you know, there was a dodgy dealing going on with Columbus and Oxford behind uh-huh. the scenes, wasn't there? There's been so much reported in the media that uh, I heard mental stories. So I heard that Columbus and I had that the Columbus owners and the Oxford owners were pals and that's the way they were doing it. And just I remember my pals saying, Is this all true? I'm going I remember speaking to them and going, No, this isn't true. Like like I remember my agent I remember him saying, Do you want to do a bit of press and try and and try and sort of explain yourself because you've not done anything wrong. Like this is just the way the way it's happened. It's not your fault. And I'm, I remember just thinking, nah, the people that were closest to me know the situation, and I knew my situation, and and I, I didn't think I needed to explain myself. Do you know what I mean? And 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 I knew I didn't do anything wrong, and I could I could sleep at night. Do you know what I mean? And and it's good that I can do this to sort of explain to explain it now. Fight like if if people ever had that sort of doubt. And I think there's there's almost a bit of shame there, isn't it? Because obviously you were very very well thought out, Motherwell, and for all that mm-hmm. kind of came out in the press, and you must be sitting there thinking, oh God, you know, I've had a great relationship with these fans. I don't want this to to taint that. That was that was one of the main things that that really upset me because the, the Motherwell fans were were great and were great for me, and they helped me so much through my time. And even if I did have a dip, they were always they were always great with me, and and I don't know. I don't know, it's just because uh, I'm from there and it was, even though you meet people in the street, they were, they treated me, honestly, like, I was amazing, but, like, that's, that's the sort of thing, I didn't know why I leave mother with that and the tweets were coming, I remember getting tagged in tweets, getting called a rat and everything, <laughs> you know what I mean, and I remember just sitting there, it was, it upset me, of course it did, and that's not the way I wanted to leave, but, listen, I to, that was, that was the way it happened and I, I knew that I didn't do anything wrong and, and and that was just the way the way it fell and and it was it was upsetting seeing seeing people like that and that's not the way I wanted to leave but it's just that's the way it happened. Have you been back since? Have you been back to Fir Park? No, I've not been back since. <laughs> like, I, like, do you need to wear a mask? Do you need to get a mask? On? I know. I, I I literally don't know how. I'd like to think they'd be all right. I mean, I'd like to think so. And like, obviously, you still. For every one tweet, there's ten amazing tweets. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you all start to focus on the one. But like, and I'm sure that they'd be great with me because the like the way I know the way they are and sort of what model fans are like. And, and I'm sure they'd be good with me. But 
there might be that that certain group that aren't, but it's, it's nothing I can do about that. I think you'll be shocked you're a right back. How did that come about? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I remember Stevie Robinson telling me, I was about three years ago now, saying, Kids, I can I can see you as a sort of a right back. I can I can see that's where you can you can play and kick on your career. So I remember so before I got injured, that's where I was playing. I remember enjoying it and playing pretty well, sort of running and attacking. And it was just obviously the defensive side I'd need to sort of nail down and and get better at, like defending crosses and, and whatever. But because I was sort of that a winger before, sort of going forward and, and running forward was natural and and probably a bit more natural, like coming from deep and, and sort of being more powerful coming forward. Because I was never going to be that winger that was step over, you know, and beat a man with tricky feet. I, I was more a powerful runner. And I remember, so then when I was going to move and Carol Robinson and the, the gaffer at Columbus and the people at Columbus, and they, they, were, every, they all see me as a right back as well. So if I went to Oxford, that's where they see me. And, as soon as I went down to Oxford on loan, he gave me the number two jersey and just said, look, this is you, that's you, you're a right back now, just mentally prepare, you're a right back now. And Columbus were the same as well, they gave me the number two jersey and that's that's their thing mind as well. And, and that's why, yeah, that's so, and as you look sort of forward, it was great playing all these positions, but all the top players and all the, the better players have got this one nailed down position, they're sort of specialist in their position, that's what I'm going to try and just sort of try and um, work on sort of being a right back and I'm, I'm loving it. I think it's that is my best position, I'd say. They absolutely loved you at Oxford as well, didn't they? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, you need to ask but I, I loved it and I did. I played well and the team were playing well as well. We had a right good team down there and we were pretty much one every week and, and we were playing good football and, and we, when you went down, I didn't know what to expect down in League One because the Championship's always always looked highly up in Scotland. Everybody thinks Premiership's obviously next level, but Championship's a right good level. And then League One's a bit, people don't really give it that much credit up in Scotland. So I went down sort of not knowing what to expect. And first day training, I thought, there's some good players here. And, and the way we played as well, and there's people that could go to the to go to the very top. We had, we had two boys move in January, Baptiste and um, Fosu. They went to Brentford, they're playing the championship, they went for millions. Got a wee boy Cameron Brannigan in the middle of the park. He's he came from Liverpool there. He's oh, he's oh, tremendous. And and so real good players, and then you play against players as well, and you, and it's ah, it's a good standard down there, which I was I was surprised by and enjoyed. And you I mean you play at really big stadiums as well. That'd be right in saying you made your debut against Sunderland and it's big, big teams, eh? Aye, so that was that's, that's what I loved about it as well, and it was just, obviously I needed that new, as I say, I needed that new challenge, and coming down to, uh, down to England and playing different teams and and go to different stadiums, because obviously in Scotland you play the same teams three, four times a week, do you know what I mean? Uh, four times a year, sorry. And so playing a different opponent every week and and sort of looking and, and knowing, not knowing the winger you were playing against, having to look and having to look at his clips and see what he was like, because... Every time you went came up in Scotland, you played against, I played against the winger. I played against him before, and what he's doing, and so it was that fresh. Oh, yeah. I, so it was that fresh challenge that that I needed, and it was it was great. And I Sunderland was uh, my debut there was was great. We should have probably should have beat them through one each, but um, like Sunderland a massive club, and they and they all go up. I think it would be fair to say, you know, at that time in your career, that helped 
you've moved or helped you for this move to America because obviously, as you say, you know, you're a boy for Bells Hill that's mm-hmm. playing football 10 minutes away from your house and you've never really been away from home. And then to go down to Oxford first before moving to the States must have been a wee bit of a stepping stone almost. Aye. So I so I've never I've never moved so when I was at Mullow, I was living um I was living in North Mullow. So I've I was with I was living in my dad's house. So I'd never moved out. I was just I was always there. And so moving to the office was the first time I'd moved out moved out of my house. So like learning how to cook, learning how to clean, learning how to everything, do you know what I mean? It was just a new experience for me and it uh, I, I don't know what I'd, I don't know what I'd done coming out here as if my first time moving out of the house was to America. So Oxford helped me, helped me massively and helped me adjust to sort of being away from friends, family, not being up at the weekends and not seeing my girlfriend every every day or whatever and my mum and my dad and that. So it was, it really helped me sort of off the park as much as on the park. What are the fans like at Oxford? They've got a wee group there as well, don't they, that get the atmosphere going? So they're good. It's weird. So there's only like, there's only like three stands there, but they're right. quite big stands and... And so I remember we played Man City. It's not quite Hamilton Ackies then. It's not quite Ackies, Jesus, don't miss that place. Um, so, but like, when we played, we played a, so we had a cup run, and I didn't play in any of the cups. Um, I just played in the, I just played in the league, the other right back played in the cups, and we played City, West Ham, and the atmosphere was, was I think it was like 12,000, you know, 12, I think we played Peterborough, or, no, sorry, it was Wickham. And it was a big sort of top of the league. It was like a must-win game for us. And they were at the top and we were sort of pushing for the top. And there was like 11,000 there and the fans were fans were great. And uh, it's, it's it's a different atmosphere to Mother though, because I don't know what it is. It's maybe Oxford's a bit more... It's not as working class as Mother. A bit more middle class, eh? Uh, do you know what I mean? So I don't know if maybe... Folk were on the chucking things for the terrace and then folk were a bit more reserved. Standing, do you know what I mean? I don't know if, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it was a different atmosphere to Mother and the, the pack, there's all, maybe a bit more passionate than Mother would say. Um, that's, a, that's what I would use to describe. And, and you can tell that, that at Motherwell, like people's weeks were determined by your result on the Saturday, do you know what I mean? Like the, the Saturday night be ruined if you get beat. But like done Oxford, maybe not as much as that feeling as Mother, but that's, that's maybe, maybe the difference. They just want to win that boat race against Cambridge, didn't they? That's the... <laughs> Jesus. So when you were leaving Oxford as well, that was, I wouldn't say controversial as well, but they were trying to keep you, weren't they? They were, didn't yeah. they want you going to America? Yeah, so uh, the gaffer was, was pretty vocal in, in wanting to keep me and he'd pull me in, he'd pull me in the, the office pretty much every week and, and just sort of say to me, so like, I want you here, I need you here and, and, and just, and listen, it was, it was, it was, it was a compliment to me, and uh, and it was, it was a real, real honour that he wanted to, he wanted to keep me there. And I loved it as well. And listen, if I'd stayed at Oxford, I'd, I'd have no problem with it. But I'd always had it in my mind about Columbus coming out to MLS and and sort of trying my, trying my trade out here. And that's what I've, I made it, I made up my mind. Sort of that that decision. Sort of after that phone call, that's what I had my mind set on. And once you get your mind set on something, it's hard to hard to change it and and it was yeah they wanted to keep me I think they made a couple bids or whatever but Columbus phoned me as well and they said look we have we don't want to we're not really entertaining any bids we want to we want you out here and we can see you've been a real a real part a real um a part of our team out here and it was good to hear that as well but no it was listen if I stayed at Oxford there'd, there'd be no problem but like 
come was with was the was the one that I wanted to do. You'd done your research, you said. So what was the what was it like before you went out for Bells Hill to the USA? I know it's a bit different. Um, were you nervous? Were you were you worried or scared? Oh, or? So nervous. I remember speaking to my girlfriend before it and going, "Ah, this is." I, I didn't. When I made the decision, I didn't realise how big a move to America would be. And sort of the week before that, I was starting to get more and more nervous and going, right, this is it's sort of hit home, do you know what I mean? It's this sort of thing, the distance that I was always looking forward to. But then when it came up, like it was two, three days away, you were going, right, this is it. This is this is what's going to happen. So, uh, of course... It's too personal, I suppose. You says there, you spoke to your girlfriend. Was there MD for your friends or family or your girlfriend that says, I don't want you going? Nah, so I spoke, to, obviously I speak, to, before I made the decision, I spoke to my dad about it and he was, he, he thought it was the best for me. And I remember speaking to my girlfriend about it and she said, she would, oh, she's been unbelievable. So she's just basically said, listen, this is you need to stay in your career. This is what you need to do. Like, don't let me or anybody else hold you back. Like, this is what you need to do and you'll regret it if you don't. And of course, I would have if I didn't, I didn't take that step, I regretted it. And so she's been great with me. And, and she was she was looking forward to it as well. So she's she came out here and loved it. She was out here for a week in March, and um, and she loved it and loved the place and sort of going out for dinner and, and meeting a few of the boys and met a few of their girlfriends or whatever, and, and they made her feel at home as well. So she she literally can't wait to come back out. Just I don't know when it's going to be. <laughs> Shame that the situation is going to be. I know. What was it like getting into a dressing room in America compared to a dressing room in Scotland or England? Then what was the, the Aye. first day? It's completely different. Like, I think it's because there's more people, like, there's more nationalities in in a dressing room. I've never been in a dressing room where maybe it's, I think five or six people, maybe more than that, maybe about eight people in the a dressing room in Congress. Their first language is Spanish. Do you know what I mean? English boys can't understand me out here, never mind. Uh, <laughs> or the American boys, sorry, can't understand me out here, never mind the Spanish-speaking boys. So that's that's one thing I noticed, like, sort of having the different languages and, and things and and realising how strong my accent is as well. Like, when I first came out here, I, 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 had to, I keep having to tone it down because they literally can't understand the word I'm saying. Like, <laughs> even, like, the boys have been hanging about me more, they, they get it a bit more, but they get used to it. But like, See if you're, it's little things like when you go to shop, you go to Starbucks to order a coffee, they have not a clue what you're saying. Like, it's, it's honestly, it's mental to try to speak out here, but it's. Did you are Irish? No, I've had, I've had German, I've had Irish, I've had English, <laughs> which I didn't like. I've had all sorts. Um, but um, it's, it's, it's been great and I've loved it. But the dressing room is, is it's a different, it's a different vibe. And there's, listen, I'm not gonna. Nobody's gonna move my car in Columbus. You know what I mean? Nobody's gonna. <laughs> nobody's gonna hide my clothes in Columbus. That, that sort of. I don't know. If, don't know if that's gonna happen. Which thing would happen if you tried something like that over there? Would it just know be well received? I maybe give it a year, maybe, and then see. Maybe, <laughs> see what's happening. That's hilarious. And it, I mean, for me, I, I look at the MLS and I see it as the league that's potentially growing faster than any other sports yeah. league in the world. Would be that baseball, American football, and it seems that in, in the States, soccer's really, you know, at the, the height of things just now, it seems to be a real hype around it, and is yeah. that pretty fair to say? Yeah, uh, so, uh, so what happened out here as well, so with Columbus crew, they nearly, so when I was signing, when I was going to sign with Columbus, they didn't know, maybe a month before it, they didn't know, so people tried to move the Columbus crew out of Columbus, down to Austin, Texas, Right. So they just tried to move the full team, 
and like the, the city and the people and the fans of whatever just sort of clubbed together and and sort of saved it and like saved it from getting moved. So so this is like the first year where they've just sort of made sure it didn't move and and like the buzz like you buzz the like you actually literally it's the most American thing ever. You'll be walking down the street and there'll be like flags like Columbus Crew flags sticking outside people's um, people's houses and on this and their windows and their cars and then and shop windows and that and and it's, it's it's great and it's it's well respected out here and and I with a new stadium as well coming if we look at pictures of that that's just that's got to be that's got to be top level and and it's it's a it's, it's a real good time to be out here and also we've got we just bought a boy for eight million Lucas Celerion and you want to see this guy man unbelievable eh? oh. Wow, he's where he's, did you buy him from? So bought him in a Tigres, I think, down in, in the Mexican league. So right. bought him. We've got um, Darlington Nagma, who's uh who's played in the league for years. He's he's not lost the ball yet in training either. He's just he's he's a old Royce and I've got a real proper good team out here and and well kinda quietly confident, I think, before all this happened about maybe a also playoff and then sort of see taking it from there because of the sort of team we've got. And when, when you, I mean, obviously we, what's happened, you've, you've not got to play a lot, but you've played what, one or two games so far? Yeah, so we played played New York at home, so I came on for that. And then, and listen, this one, I played at Seattle away, came yeah. on as a left back, mate. There <laughs> You're you go. joking. There you go, mate. Yeah. Uh, came on as a left back, so left back went down injured. And um, a gaffer went, Kadja, you're coming at half time, Kadja, coming on at left back. I'm like, wow. So never played there before. Um, then I touched. I, I think I touched the ball on my left foot. Um, the full time, aye, it was. Uh, I think it was. Like doing it at Seattle, there was. I think there was about. I think it was, sorry, I think it was another. Uh, there was about thirty-five thousand there, nearly forty thousand there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a great support as well, don't they? It seems like similar probably to Columbus. The community's really bought into it, and yeah. Seattle soccer's probably the biggest sport. Right? So like there, they was thirty-five, and that was. The Corona pandemic was sort of kicking out then. It was the main place was Seattle and 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 USA. So I was a bit like, I'm going to come out here and there's no no game in there. But you walk out and it's like the NFL stadium they play at. So you walk out and it's like the lower half of it and it's just packed and it's uh, it was a great place to play. That's brilliant. And uh, when you made your debut in New York at home, wasn't it? Was it was it Dyer that was the manager? Dyer was the manager. I and uh, Gary McKay Stevens on the bench as well. So I came on. <laughs> I came on and I think I came on for about five minutes or so or, or ten minutes or whatever. And it was just sort of my first sort of taste and it was it was a good experience and it was good to get the win as well and, and it was my first first sort of game at home. My girlfriend was over as well, so it was good to good for me to come on when she was there. What's the standard like? How does it compare over here? It's good. It's um it's it's what speaking to a few of the American boys that have been in the league for years, I think it's I think it's Growing as you say at a rapid pace, and and the, the standard out here is good because like when I was looking to come out here, I was looking at the teams right. And you're going like Slatans out here, Rooney's out here, there's Carlos Vela's out here. Do you know what I mean? And, and then when I came over, Terry Henry's taking a team, Bojan's out here, Wanyama signed. And these are top players. Do you know what I mean? And these are players are going to play against, and that's what you want to do at the end of the day, play against the best players. So the standards, standards great, and that. And what they say over here is like, 
all the people from England or the UK think they're going to come out here and walk MLS. And, but I never had that mindset. I always thought, this is going to be a good standard. I need to, I need to play well. I need to get in the team and do that. And I've done that. And it's, it's, it's that the standards, is, it's not surprised me how good it's been. What would you say to other Scots or Brits looking to maybe go to the MLS? Would you encourage them? I, I'd encourage them. So I spoke to Johnny Russell in Of course, I. Where is it? He's at again. He's Kansas. Aye. He's, I, I, remember, I remember seeing that the fans had a big display for him and all that, and the, he's a he's, hero. Ah, he's flying out here. I think, I think the fans love him. So I spoke to him about it, and I spoke to Sam about it as well. Uh, Sam Nicholson, he's in Colorado, and they had nothing, nothing but good things to say about it. They said the standards great, the lifestyle's great, and they didn't have really anything bad to say about it. So they were part of the convincing as well for me to, for me to take my step out here. You mentioned earlier that, that you phoned Faddy as well. What was what was his thoughts? Was he jealous that he didn't get his move out and you? I think he got a move out, <laughs> so he was. Um, I he, he I, I sort of told him in that, and he and he just he gave his honest opinion. He says, "Yeah, he said, Casa the MLS is a good league, and I think it's a great opportunity for you out here." And and uh, he was all for it. And it, obviously, when um, I took like, probably the main two people I got advice for my careers my dad and then my and then probably Faddy and these two were, were all for it so I was like ah, listen I'm going to take it What's it like being a soccer player in the States you walk down the street do people recognise you is there, is there I, a lot of social events where you have to mix with the fans and stuff or is there I, so it's it's well it's well respected out here and you sometimes get the odd notice and things like that but it's quite a big city and they've got, I think they've got two professional teams so it's the I was the Columbus crew and then it's the ice hockey, the Columbus Blue Jackets are called. So we're the sort of two main sports teams in here. But you've got Ohio State College football. It's massive, isn't it? College football. They got 105,000 at their games. You're joking. Like, it is ridiculous. I think that starts in September. So hopefully all this passes over and I can, I can maybe go to a game. But I think that's the, like, that's the, that's the main sport here. Like, if you're getting 105, you know what I mean? That's... And I've I've been to the, like, I've been outside the stadium and sort of walked about the campus and that and it's the stadium's wow it's uh, it's massive so it's uh, it's so when you but then the main thing is though like when I speak to people like if I'm at a coffee shop or I'm at the I'm at the supermarket or and and hear Max and they go oh, what are you doing here and they go I'm I'm working over here or oh, what are you doing for the crew they're always buzzing and that and talking talking about it and that so it's it's been great. When are you going to be getting back to football? Jesus, I don't know. Um, well, there's there's been sort of rumours about a, a sort of a tournament down in Orlando. Um, don't know what what the script that is, or I don't know. It's just sort of rumours at the, the now, so I don't really know what's going to what's going to happen there. But I just want to get back. I just want to just miss normality, but everybody else just want to just want to kick on. Obviously, listen, people's safety is the most important thing now, and making sure they we stop the virus is. Is, is the main thing in that but uh, you miss football don't you you miss watching it you miss playing it you just miss having about it and the, the sooner it can get back the better God that was a scripted answer a football player <laughs> answer there are people's safety is the most important what's your opinion on Donald Trump then since you're in the States <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm, I'll, 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 I'll not put you on that I can't say that man Jesus give me John and uh, Aye, so, so what else was I going to say to you there? Aye, what we've not touched on, I suppose, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I would say probably the highlight of your career is, is your Scotland debuts as well, the two performances oh, that you had for Scotland. 100% the, the highlight of my career, it was 
best moment of my life, son. I'll, I'll, I'll never ever forget. And I remember, so it was a week leading up to the Scottish Cup final. Um, so I remember Faddy was at the was the sort of in the, the system manager there. So he phoned me and says, "That's what, what it is. It's an inside I, job here, eh, Faddy's." But I'm no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so he's um, so he's phoned me and said, uh, "Listen, kids, I think there's." There's been rumours that they're going to call you up. And I says, 21, sorry. He's going, nah, nah, first team for the summer. <laughs> I'm going, right, he says, he says, just make sure you have a good cup final. Hi. No pressure. No pressure already. <laughs> so then I remember the day, it was a Thursday, I think it was 17th of May. A guy from Scotland, sort of Frank, Frank's a sort of player liaison at Scotland, he phones me. He says, look, I'd like to the honour calling you up to Scotland. And it was not where it's a it's a real surreal moment. So he, he, he phones you and then you hang up the phone and you like it's like a thing you dream of, like you phone your dad. You go, <laughs> Dad, I've just like I'm Scotland, I'm I'm I've just they've just called me up for Scotland or or my, my mum, my gran, everybody, my mates. It was just a real surreal moment and it was something that oh, it was one of the best moments he in my life and son, I can can't describe the feeling of of getting that call. And I so I remember it was a the Saturday we played the cup final, and then we were going away to Peru on the Tuesday, and I was just meeting the boys and that, and, and going away to Peru, and so going to Peru, and, and I remember leading up to the game, I was on the bench obviously, and uh, I just wanted minutes, just wanted five minutes, a minute. That's all I wanted. Captain, and that's me. You can send me him. <laughs> but, um, so I remember going up to the game, and I remember it was like an hour and forty-five minutes before we got to the we got to the stadium. We got there an hour and forty-five before, and the stadium was full. Like I didn't realise how much the South Americans love for football. Like it's crazy. It was, the stadium was full. And it was their party because they're going. They were going to the World Cup at the time. And then I remember, so. Five, there's about 10 minutes to go, and now it's people goes, right, can I just get warmed up, you're going on? And I'm like, wow, start, I wrong enough, whatever, I'm just looking, looking, looking towards, <laughs> right, right, come on, come on, come on. So he goes, right, calls me up. He goes, right, I come on right mid. I says, right, perfect, dad, playing goal, mate, but anyway, right mid, no problem. So I brung on, so it's five minutes to go, and I'm I'm just running on, going, right, this is my dream, this is, this is me, this is a dream that I've had, I'm doing it. So I'm running about, Three minutes go by, four minutes go by, and I'm going, right, this is my dream, I'm loving my dream. And then I go, I've not touched the boy yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm walking, it's 91 minutes, I'm going, right, I need a touch of the ball. So the ball went out for a throw-in, and Stephen O'Donnell was the right back at the time. And I remember thinking I was the right winger, I remember I'm going to take the full back away, I'm going to show, and I'm just going to pass it back to him, just for a touch. <laughs> And complete the pass, hopefully. So then I take the winger away, I come back, and I go, yes. And he throws it on my head. And he's like, <laughs> and then the final whistle goes. Then he touches the ball. He touches the ball. So I'm like, ah, wow. But listen, I, remember, I remember going, and my dad, my dad fought me after it, because it was like, it was seven at night, so it was like four in the morning or something back home. My dad stayed up to watch it. And I remember phoning me and going, guess well done, mate. That's brilliant. That's a dream come true. But did you touch the ball? And I'm going, Dad, I didn't get away. And he's gone, bro. <laughs> so he's, um, aye. But I remember sitting sort of after the, after the changing room and in the changing room after the game and just sort of 
it was a weird feeling. It's a sort of relief and a sort of like I've just done that, and that's something that I'm need to never take away from me, and, and something that I'm I'm so so proud of. And I was, it was even though I didn't touch it, was a great experience. You'd be Mexico game coming up the same yeah. week, wasn't it? Is it? Okay. Yeah. So we went to Mexico, and then remember we trained. No, we went to view the 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 stadium before, and it was a stacker. So you go to this place. You know, wow. see, see for me, kids, that's probably one of the most iconic stadiums in the whole world. It's your Maradona, handy God, isn't it? It is just so, it's so much history there, do you know what I mean? And do you know there's a muddle, there's a muddle badge in the place? I remember, so, did you put that on Twitter? Or, on Twitter. So, like, when you walk in, you do the bus, and there's like, it must be, I don't know what it is, but there's so, there's a big corridor, and there's so many, um, so many club badges, and I'm sitting there, and walking, doing it. Nah, my little badge, right? I'm like, brilliant. So that was great. And then, so then we play the, we play Mexico, and wow, they were, I thought, thought they were good. These guys were, yeah, they were, they were, aye, they were unbelievable. And so, I, and I was on the bench again, and then I came on about 50, so I remember I came on, right? This is, I, I, I couldn't believe this. So I came on and, and touched the ball. I touched the ball, I actually did all right, but I had a shot and everything. But um, so, one thing about this decker, right, when you go, it's so high above sea level, so the option levels are so low. So, one of my main games is running about and putting energy and things like that. Like, it took you about, it took you double the time to recover for a run because you couldn't breathe. And then I remember I was coming on to centre mid, and Marquez, remember the boy for Barcelona, the Mexican boy used to play Barcelona ponytail. Marquez, the Mexican boy, oh, yeah, yeah. he's coming on the same time as me. But he was, de- <laughs> he was 39, right? Right. So, That's surreal, though, eh? That must be. I was looking, going, wow. So he came on just in front of me, and he obviously was sitting in front of the, uh, he was sitting in the mid as well. So, Faddy, when I was just about to come on, Faddy came up to me and says, Look, Cads, Marquez is on. He's 39. Run away from him. No problem, Faddy. <laughs> Honestly, mate, I couldn't get near this guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow I remember I remember doing the going imagine him 15 years ago he was uh, oh, he was he was great but no I was I, I remember coming on and obviously touching the ball and, and doing alright it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a doing but it was a it was a experience I'll never forget and to play in the Azteca as well there was 90,000 there and it was, they ever got in the World Cup it was their, their last game before the World Cup as well it was that good, that good atmosphere ah oh, Wow, the atmosphere was was on another level, and and to and sort of looking back and all this sort of time to look back on that that was just ah, uh, son, you you'll never never forget. What do you do with your jersey? Do you keep them or did you swap them? Did you try the Marquez or did you? So nah, so I was I was raging about my so my so all my pals and that and my brother were raging. I didn't swap any jerseys, like I didn't get Vera's or uh, Lanzanos or anything like that, but. I wasn't giving away my Scotland jersey, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I kept the two the two hangies, I wasn't interested in uh, trading with anybody. I was like, I, I said to Kit, man, look, put a cad and tops you've got, give me them. As, that's all I want. And then, so I've got the, I've got this, this, the strips uh, framed in my, in my house back home, in my, in my bedroom and sort of the pendants from the games and that. And it was, uh, you're looking at it, it's, it's great. See, when you're going to play at a stadium do that, like that, do you think, God, Maradona's played here, Pelly's played here. Do you look up 
old goals or do you look up the stadium in advance or do you just think that I'm going to play for Scotland and that's more important than anything? Aye, he sort of can't, it's sort of more as you, after it I sort of done that, I looked at all the, the sort of history and things like that from it, but when you look at seeing the stadium, so it's so weird, so like the whole level, there's not really any people at the whole level, it's like more like boxes and that, but like, High up, it's raised. High, eh? high up, it's so raised, and they're so high, and there's so many people like, in the outer rim. It is just honestly neat experiences. It's, it's, it's why they ones where you, you look about and you generally go, "Wow, this is this is a proper stadium." Amazing, eh? Ah, it was. That was. Ah, wow, it's, it's it was great. You think that playing in the MLS will give you more opportunity then to try and break back into the Scotland squad? Is that part of your pathway? Or? I well, I would never make a career decision that would ever affect my Scotland career. Well, that's for me. That's the that's the pinnacle of anybody's career is playing international football and playing for your country. And, and I'd never make a never make a career decision that would stop that or hinder it. Or if I there was another decision to help, it, I'd, I'd have done that. But seeing Johnny come out here and doing so well and and playing and, and then getting, I think he's probably played more now than he did when he was. When he was there, uh, like down south or whatever, so to see him doing that and to get games, then it's just sort of thought, well, if, if I'm playing well and Columbus are doing well, then why not have a look at me? Do you know what I mean? And mm. and sort of going coming in as a as a right back to try and try and have a opportunity to get there, and, and it's something that I've what I do or what I do as many times as I can, and and something I'm I'm hopeful to do in the future. It's probably an interesting point actually, because when you played for Scott before, you were more playing midfield, weren't you? And I suppose now yeah. you're. In that right back position, which is almost, I would say, up for grabs. Thank God you're not a left back, as you'd be. <laughs> I know, no chance. But <laughs> I, it's, 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 uh, it's not just that, though. That's, that's where I feel as if my main, my main strengths are and sort of getting up and down and being an attacking full back. It's, it's enjoyable and it's, I enjoy playing it. And that, I feel as if it's, as my, where my attributes are, it's probably the best, best position for me. You're back training now in America. What else are you doing with yourself in your spare time? You must have. We'll just start, uh, we'll just spare time considering, you know, as you said, your friends, your family, your girlfriends all back home are you. What do you do to keep staying? So well started individual training. So like it's this protocols are you can't pass the ball to each other, you can't the coaches are not allowed to throw the ball to you, you just literally they give you a ball, set out cones and you run about, kick a ball into the goal, there's a wee bounce. So, you know what I mean? It's not ideal, but it's a start. Um what am I doing? I've, I've just been battling PS4 um, <laughs> every day. Like, so my pals are—they're all the same. They're all knocked down as well. So I've just been going on with them and just Call of Duty, FIFA, things like that. I've been—I've just been battling that, and it's a bit that's a bit difficult for me because we're five hours behind. So about six o'clock, everybody goes off or seven o'clock. So. Once I have my dinner, about eight, half seven, eight o'clock, I've got the full night for me, I've been able to talk to. You're all way to bed. I had you're all way to bed, so I don't know, I just fire series on or whatever and, and things like that and just try and, try and get the, the night over with and then go on to the next day. Have you been out seeing the city much yourself or have you been? Aye, so cities, so I'm, I'm not too far from sort of downtown or whatever and, Downtown, as they call it. Wow, sounded American there. Um, sort of, I know, Jesus. The city centre. Um, so I'm about a five minute walk. So I always go down. And before this all happened, I would go down and meet a few of the boys or whatever, and and go for a meal and that and and, and things. And it was 
it's a lovely city and a city I've, I really enjoy, enjoy living in and everybody that lives here loves it as well. So, yeah, I've been about seeing it and it's it's real, obviously, a nice weather's kicking in now. So, um, that'll, that'll help. What about the boys for the team? Have you got, who's, who's your best pals that you've been hanging about with? Yeah, I support quite well, Cads. Does uh, do the Spanish boys mix well with the American I, boys? And the... Aye, so what, what they, Columbus are great with, so what they do is, like, they make sure that you're you're sorted. So as soon as I came out here, um, they get, they've get they got two, three player liaisons. So as soon as you come out here, they get your number, they text you, how you doing? There's a hotel for you, go in there. They meet you the next day, they say, look, these are apartments that are available. Where do you want to live? Whereabouts? You want to live in the sort of city or do you want to live outside? Right, you need a car. Will you get your license? Right, this is where you, we'll get your license this day. And like to settle in, it was, it was just, because I, I already know where to get a license for, where to get a car for, where to live in Columbus. Like, I, you wouldn't have a clue, but these guys, like when I was ordering furniture in my house, they were ordering for me. They were going, what do you want? Right, I want that. Right, right I'll get, right, that's the best website. That's a good deal. Take that. And I'm like, right, perfect. So it was, they, they've been great ways. And, and the boys, I've sort of got close to a few of the boys out here. And um, so a boy called Josh Williams and Hector Jimenez and Miguel um, Berry, who's he's, he's, they've been, they've been hanging about with them and sort of before this lockdown sort of happened, I'll be, I'll be on the phone to them and, and things like that. And, and before this all happened, obviously I'd meet them for meals and, and go and, and hang about with them and that and get a bit of a coffee or whatever with them. So they've, they've been great and helped me, helped me settle in. What are you driving, a pickup truck? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I got just got a wee, a wee Audi A3 just to zoom about the city. <laughs> uh, you're right on the wrong side of the road. You've not been crossing oh, any wow. That was an experience. So I came out and I came out and I remember. So what they do as well. So you you land and then they say you will hire your car to get you about. And I remember going right, but it's the wrong side of the road. I'd, so they says nah, we can't do that. So <laughs> why the so the. Uh, they, they got my taxi at the hotel. So then they say, look, do you be able to drive? I say, so I'll get a go. So they, they hire you a car and you, you grab a motor and you're driving about and it is, ah, it's, but what you can do here, right, listen to this one. So you can drive up to a red light and see a red light. You can turn right if you want when it's red. You just need to watch nobody's coming. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I'm sitting turning right at reds shitting myself with <laughs> my car coming so I'm like aye so it's, it's I'm, I'm better now I can do it all now And but it was it was. Oh, I was nervous every time I jumped in the motor like, hopefully I make it to train the day but you say, you, say, you say you were going out for meals are the portions as big as folk make it or the oh wow first time meal got pasta bang ate half it going I literally can't eat anymore I don't know how people do it and like they just everything's just over the top here so over the top, but everything's just bigger. So, like, when you go to an MLS game, the national anthem's going off, there's fireworks going off, stuff like that. It's everything's just bigger, do you know what I mean? And, um, aye, and it's just the portions, everything's just it's massive. Have you got to sing the anthem? No, I just stand no. there. I don't know the words, so I just stand okay. there. All the American boys are get the hand on the chest and everything. And everything. Weird, no, I would, aye, it's, it's good, it's good in the full stadium singing it. It's good, good experience. Sounds like you've really settled in then. Yeah, I, I enjoying it, enjoying it. Just sort of bad time for this sort of pandemic to hit, but I just can't wait to get going again. And and I've, I've loved out here ever ever since I came. Awesome, Cads. Thanks very much for your time. It was a, a joy talking to you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Mate.